Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonner Fide Radio, and we are back with another episode of On Course with Hart Ramsey, and these chats we like to call Heart to Heart. This is the point where Pastor Hart Ramsey shares what's on his heart directly to your heart about current events, life's issues, and much more. Pastor Hart, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. So I want to start with a question that one of my friends asked me after listening to these podcasts and following your ministry. He asked this question. He said, how long do you think Hart Ramsey prays and studies? <laughs> <laughs> so that's my first question. How long does Hart Ramsey pray and study? Because we listen and like my brain ends up tired. Like, how do you do this? Well, what is that process like for you? Well, well, first, you know, I start the day off. I wake up. Um, and this is from years. I've been, you know, I was born again in 1982. So, mm-hmm. Over the process of time, you learn some things. And, and you know, for me, and it's important for me to say that prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person mm-hmm. and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. Wow. So so I don't have to impress him. I don't have to have this uh, protocol of approach, you know. What, with God, is I just talk to him like I talk to people. He's the, he's the inventor and the master of communication. Yeah. So I wake up in the morning, and it always starts with a prayer. Now, now this is important. Um, I, I, I read the Bible first because it's God's word, God's word to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I just pick a place where I'm, where I'm studying or whatever, and I, I'll um, read it. And then it inspires conversation with God. He speaks okay. first. And then I speak to his word is him speaking to me. Then I speak to him and then um, I read some of his word. It speaks to me. Then I'll speak to him. And then the conversation changes where it's not just his word that's speaking to me. Now I'm hearing him on the inside of me. Mm -hmm. And you see what it does. And so it starts this, this um, I'm I'm being consumed. So I'm taking notes now. Right. And so uh, one of my daily uh, routines is to make an outline almost every day. Wow. Yeah, I outline the things that God said to me um, on a, a daily basis, and I, I keep record of them um, so that I could be um, prepared. Yeah. If the Lord ever calls upon me to share what he shared with me, I can be prepared to organize it and present it. Wow. That's like be also ready on another level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think, for, and for me, you know, the, the question was asked, how much do you pray? Mm-hmm. Man, the, this this thing about praying without ceasing is something that I really, really do. I, I pray wow. without ceasing. Wow. Uh, in From the sense of I'm constantly daily going through the day, talking to God. It's like checks and balances. I'm, I'm asking, I'm, I'm, I'm thanking, I'm I'm questioning, you know, it's a constant dialogue between the Lord and myself. And and I think all believers should should try to tap into that. And the, the, the easy part about it is that God is always speaking to us. He's always speaking. Right. We're just not always listening. 
Wow. Wow. So let's ask this question since we're here, because I think one of the frustrations that a lot of Christians have over time, and even people who aren't Christians that are having a hard time uh, reaching out to God, is the idea of prayer. A lot of us uh, may have had the picture of, you know, the the church mother who's, you know, on her knees moaning (laughs) for an hour before service starts as what prayer looks like. And for lack of a better term, I'll use this term and and hopefully uh, people won't be offended by it, but prayer service is usually not the quote-unquote sexy part of church. Right. It's not the part of church that's well-attended and glamorous and things like that. So for someone who's trying to figure out how to understand the voice of God, what would you say to them in terms of being able to understand what God's voice sounds like? Well, from a very practical standpoint, God's voice sounds like your thoughts. Wow, that's good. Uh, yeah, and let me tell you what happens to me. I have a time, and I, t- I talk about this often to my church. You'll hear it in my messages when I speak of my time of wisdom. Yes. And what I, what, I, what that came from was I, I had a bishop, and he always talked about his time of wisdom. So one time I just asked him, what do you mean? And he said, my time of wisdom is the time that I set aside to, I, I tell my wife and family, listen, I'll be back. And I set aside this time to just talk to God, hear from God. And it's not the, anything special. It's just a time where I, I, I set aside to let God take over my thoughts. Mm. So I started practicing that as a part of my prayer time. Um, and so because prayer was a difficult undertaking for me initially, I was instructed to to connect my prayer life to something that, that I that I have to do. Since it's, okay. it's, I mean, prayer was not automatic for me. And so I decided at first, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pray every time I'm commuting in my car. But okay. then sometimes I, I want to listen to music, so I got distracted. So I found that I was, I'm a very, I'm a neat freak. I'm a germaphobe to some degree. Okay. And so I, I take two, three showers a day. And so I realized I was spending a lot of time in the shower. So that's where I connected my prayer. And maybe for the last 20 years, is that's where my time of wisdom happens, where I will go into my shower and there's no, I'm not playing with this. I'll, I'll start talking to God as I'm taking a shower. And then he will literally take over my thoughts. And the way I, I know it's him is because although um, the thoughts, my thoughts sound like my thoughts, the things that I'm thinking are a, little, a step above. Right. I'm getting answers. I'm getting revelation. I'm, get, I'm getting, um, he's asking me questions that provoke me to think in another direction. And out of that comes answers and, and, and teaching and answers for the people I'm ministering to. And so I think, I think that what we do is we, ter- we turn prayer into this religious activity mm-hmm. when really it's, it is organic, just like breathing. Wow. It's, it's, it's as natural as walking, and, and if something if something happens and your breathing is labored or you you hurt when you breathe, then you go to the doctor because you're sick. Right. It, uh, if, if if you're walking and your foot hurts, then you know that's not natural, and you get it checked out, or you may change your shoes. It's the same thing with prayer. If if you're not praying spontaneously, if or if you if your prayer life is hurting, um, you you need to get that checked out. Wow. That's that's good and that's important because again I think you know you, one can make the argument that probably the the one piece of the believer's life that lacks the most is usually prayer, right? Be- because for most you know we we consider ourselves too busy to pray and too whatever too distracted to pray. So do you? I mean, so if someone's trying to get into figuring out how to pray more and how to spend more time, what would you suggest that they do i, I believe in, in prayer lists okay make that's a, make, good make a list of things that that concern you that you that you need answers to mm-hmm. um 
write them down, and then uh, when you start praying, put a date next to the time um, that the day you start praying for them. And and what else I would suggest is prayer is is a uh, 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 the product of trust. You have to trust God. You can't. It cannot be um, for God. A test. You can't be saying, I'm going to pray this and see. No, it has to be, I'm going to talk to God and he's going to answer me. Now, here's the critical part. The answer does not always come verbally. Right. So so with prayer, um, and when you're looking for the answer, when you pray, don't expect him to tell you the answer. Expect him to show you the answer or to manifest the answer. In other words, um, I was praying about a, a, a business venture, mm-hmm. and um, I was waiting for the Lord to tell me. But as I'm, I'm going through, um, doing my regular research or, or, or throughout my normal day, I started noticing these little things. Mm-hmm. I started seeing these little memes and these little uh, posts and and um, hearing conversations and, and even dialogue from television shows. And I realized, wait a minute, God is trying to get my attention. Wow. So I started zeroing in on these things, and collectively, like a mosaic, he's piecing my answer together. And so I'm going back to him saying, thank you. I, I, I hear you. I see what you're saying. I, yeah. I, I jump right on it. Yeah. See, the way, the way when we deal with prayer, prayer has to be communication between me and God. Back in the day when we used pay phones, I used to, t- I used to teach and say, um, prayer is, is, is like the quarter that God gives you when you leave home, mm-hmm. that if you ever get lost, you find a pay phone, put the quarter in and call home. Oh, that's good. You know, um, it's, 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 it's the cell phone connection. It's the, it's the GPS. I mean, all of these analogies work for prayer because the more we spiritualize it and the more we turn it into this deep, profound undertaking, it's the, most di- the more difficult it becomes. It is, it's as simple as just like um, fish can't live out of water, mm-hmm. just like we can't live without oxygen, we, our believer cannot live without prayer. His prayer life will not function without prayer. Right, right. I I think this is good, and I'm I'm glad we're talking about this because I think this is one of the frustrations for a lot of people, whether they are whether they've been Christians for a long time, if they're new to the faith, or if they're trying to figure out if this God thing really works. Prayer seems to be that thing that you know is is the differentiator for a lot of people, where they'll go. Okay, he answered my prayer, so yeah, or no, he didn't. So let me ask this question. Um, how does one learn to recognize the actual answer to a prayer? Because I think sometimes we get disappointed because the answer doesn't look like what we thought it would look like, not realizing that God didn't actually, that God actually answered our prayer. So how do you learn to determine what does an answer to prayer look like? That's a good question, because many times when God answers, the, you know, we have to understand that many times when we pray to God, we we actually ask the wrong question. Ooh, we do. I mean, we're praying from a place of limited knowledge. Mm-hmm. Many times we pray out of a place of emotional distress, mm-hmm. of mental fatigue, of sometimes physical fatigue and just being fed up with our situation. So the, the questions we ask, the things that we request may be maybe in the moment, Wow, you know. Wow. Uh, the in the moment. I just wish God. I just wish you 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 just end this. And God is like, no, it's just beginning. <laughs> you're just you're going through the hard part right now. So right. the answer to prayer is not that God will end it. The answer to prayer is that God will may expand my capacity. That's good. And what and what and then what He's good at doing is is, is that He points out to us the way he changed the way we see it. Mm-hmm. And, and and although we may not admit that we prayed the wrong thing, we will come back to him and say, God, you know, thank you for giving me grace to deal with this. 
That's good. You know, something we, over, we overlooked to Gerard mm-hmm. is in Luke 11 and 1. Um, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just right. as John taught his disciples, that's that's powerful. Yeah. We don't t- we don't talk about this a lot, but we have to be taught to pray. Wow! And anything that must be taught must be learned. Because here's right. the rule: here's the rule. I don't care how good a teacher is. If you don't have a student who have a willingness to learn, the lesson will be lost. Right. 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 So 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 in Luke eleven the one, teach us to pray. And that's where we. That's where the Lord's prayer comes from. Where the Lord is teaching them a prayer formula or a prayer format. Mm-hmm. Or prayer outline, or whatever you want to call it, and he's teaching them specific. He's not teaching them prayer like this every time you pray. He's saying these are these are different areas you must consider in your prayer. Mm-hmm. And and I think that we we don't spend a lot of time teaching people to pray. Right. Um, also, uh, in another scripture uh, that I read, uh, this, it's an interesting scripture. It says in Zechariah twelve and ten, he said, "Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer." The King James says a, a spirit of grace and intercession on the family of David and the people of Jerusalem, uh, a spirit of a spirit of grace and a spirit of prayer. Um, so God says, I'm going to pour out a spirit of prayer on my people. What does it mean? It means that I'm going to I'm going to actually put a hook in their heart and draw them to me. Wow. So instead of talking to other people about their problems, people that can't solve their problem, people have, that have no clue who see as limited as they see, yeah. whenever something overwhelms them, I put a hook in their heart. It will draw them to me. And sometimes out of exasperation, sometimes out of frustration, sometimes out of whatever, they're going to come to me and their prayers may not be polished and, and, and precise, but they're going to be they, they're going to be directed to me. And, and and the Bible talks about there are times when the Holy Spirit, when we're so overwhelmed with our situation that even our very sigh and our groan, and for those who pray in the Spirit, our tongues mm-hmm. are praying the specific thing that needs to be prayed because our minds have not yet figured it out. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Have you subscribed to Heart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God, Heart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786 and daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Heart Ramsey. This is really incredible stuff. And I think, again, it becomes very, very important as people look for direction in life and things of that nature. And one of the things that a lot of people tend to pray about is purpose. You know, like, why am I here? What is my assignment? Why am I here on the earth? Uh, Tell people who are looking to figure that piece out, what their purpose is. How do you begin to zero in on what your purpose and your assignment on the earth is? Most people, Gerard, that ask that question, um, 
well, I don't say most. I'll say some people that ask that question are, are, are asking not for their real purpose. Because because think about it. Um, the answer to that is, is in the book of Romans where the, where the Bible says that um, God has predestined for us to be conformed to the image of his Christ. In other words, mm-hmm. predestined speaks of, to a destiny that God had for us before. We were even looking for it. While we were still in the playground, while we were still kids, mm-hmm. God already determined that we were going to become uh, like Jesus. That's what he wanted us to become. Right. After I become like Jesus, after I meet Jesus, then I, I find my my purpose. I find what God has called me to do. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And so uh, uh, I think in answer to that, the first thing a person has to do is you have to answer the question of your connection with God. Okay. Because you could become something or someone outside of God, and then God could use it for the purpose. I mean, for the, for the time being. Mm-hmm. But when it's time for you, when you do connect with God, He all He all He uses all He uses all your accomplishment as as training for right. the real purpose. Right. I'll give you a good example. When G, when um when Jesus met His disciples and He told them, He says, "Um, follow me." Mm-hmm. I mean, He had fishermen, He had zealots, He had tax collectors, He had a, a host of other things um but then he says to um the four who were actually fishermen mm-hmm. it was uh peter uh james john and i think peter's brother was also a fisherman okay. he said follow me and i will make you to become fishers of men right so the fishing element the fishing part of what they were doing became just a reference mm. he can use it to teach them um, when it's time to explain things to them he could use the fishing analogy as something that they could relate to to teach them spiritual truth, but it wasn't the thing they were called to do. Now, and I want to I have to clarify by saying this, and this is going to blow people away. Mm-hmm. You know, people think that, that after you come to the Lord, the only purpose that He has for you, or the only destiny He has for you, is in church. Something that you're doing in church. So, who's building buildings? Right. And, and who's standing before presidents? And who's you know, for example, I mean, who's going to be in 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 the houses of the sinners? You, you know, th- there are people. That God has actually purposed to be in the marketplace. They have a marketplace evangelism about them, where their job is they work with some of the wor- the most corrupt people in the earth mm-hmm. as salt and light. Yeah. So, so the way you find out your purpose, I believe, is you have to first give your life to Jesus. You have to be genuinely intent on God. Whatever you want from my life, that's what I want to do. You have to be genuinely intent on that. And then he begins to create these spaces and open these doors and do things that you could have never planned. He starts putting you in situations that you you never thought you'd be in. Like right. I'll, I'll tell you for about me. I, I, if you if you uh, wagered me as a teenager mm-hmm. that I would be a preacher, I'd have bet you everything because it was not even on my radar. Wow. I, I mean, I was not raised in church. I didn't want to be a preacher. Who a preacher? Oh God, no! <laughs> right. <laughs> you, but but you see, but, but when you when you come to know the Lord, and it's, the crazy thing is, when I first came to church, I got saved at like maybe um, twenty twenty one. Okay. And when I first came to church, every prophet I ran into told me the same thing: "You're going to be a pastor. You're going to be." A pastor. I didn't even know what pastors did. Wow. See, so God has a plan for, that's the thing. God has a plan for my life. No one is in the earth without a plan. You don't get to come to the earth without a predetermined plan. If your parents are um, messed up and you came as a surprise to them, I mean, they were even trying to have a baby. Right. Um, I mean, they were doing a, 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 a one night stand or whatever. That doesn't change the fact. Listen, to, to them, you are, you are not expected. But to God, you came prepackaged with a plan and a purpose. And God has everything in, in already laid out before you. Right. David said, before I live one day, 
my entire life was written in your books. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And it's funny. You, you tapped onto something that I was going to ask, so I know it's the right direction to go. And that is around the challenge that you have a lot of very talented people who come into church. And for instance, if they are a great public speaker, we want to make them a preacher. Or if they testified really, really well and the church got hot, now they're the next evangelist, you know? So we put people in positions as though the only positions for people are positions in church. Speak to the person who may be having that conflict, who perhaps they feel called to corporate America, but their church is seemingly only pushing them to positions in church. Yeah, you know, and that's that's a big thing. And normally that we do that because the church has need. Right. Um, um, what I found is um, one of the biggest challenges in church today, and I hope I don't offend my listeners by saying this, but some of the people, like for example, you cannot be if you don't if you don't know grammar, you right. can't you can't be a writer, right? Because, because even though it's a spiritual thing, God, I mean, God will anoint you, but you still have to have some skill. He get you know part of our anointing is skill. That's right. You know, um, people, I, I'm not just people say, well, you're a great teacher. What, what I am really is a great student. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. and because part of my, my, my gifting is research, documentation, and then delivery. I research it, I document it, and then it has to minister to me first. It has to become a part of me before I could give it to people as life bread. And so I believe that, that what happens in church is there's such a need, such a starving need in the church for people who have a, little, a, a certain amount of intelligence and not just emotionalism mm-hmm. to deliver messages to the people of God. So when they find an intelligent person, the first thing you say is you call. Right. Everyone has to know for themselves. You have to be convinced in your own heart about the call of God in your life. And if we pull all the people out of the marketplace, out of, out of the world, then and, and bring all the light into the house, what I mean, what is going to happen to the world? No, people need to be, we need to bring them in, reinforce their faith, the, 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 our, our meetings on Sundays and Wednesdays and Tuesdays, whatever we meet, whenever we meet, there's this will be reinforcement, refilling, refreshing to send people back out into the marketplace, back out into the world to be the ministers they were called to be. Ministry most times doesn't happen in the house, it happens outside of the house. Right, right. You know, the, for Ephesians 4 says, for the perfecting of the saints, mm-hmm. for the work of the ministry. And we think the work of the ministry is, is um, the ushers, the, the greeters, the porters. The, the, right. Uh, no, the work of the ministry is, 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 is the, the furtherance of the gospel, the pressing forward of the kingdom of God. And sometimes you have to do it in, in high places. Like, guess a good example. A lot of us don't, don't care so much for the new uh, administration in the White House. Mm-hmm. But we have to have believers in there, people who are true believers, who can see the, the, the foolishness, but still they are part of the circus right. because they have to street, uh, speak truth to power in a loving way. That's so right. and, and no doubt they're, they're in, in a hostile situation, but they have to come out of that to be ministered to, to be sent back into it. Right. Yeah, we have to change the way we see this. Yeah, that and, and that makes all the sense in the world because I, I often wonder, you know, what would attract a millionaire to a church if they're being told that, okay, come get saved and now you have to preach. But wait, I'm gifted in this area of sales or I'm gifted in this other area. Like, I think we do ourselves as the body a disservice. And I wonder how many great gifts have we cut off because of our short-sightedness? Oh, man, I, 
I believe the number is endless. Mm-hmm. Um, the church, the church has been, and, and I, I like to use this term. We, we're so churchy. Yes, <laughs> yes. We take everything and, and try to make it spiritual. Everything. And you, and you know, I think this is what we we have to catch is that sometimes our, our spirituality can become so deep that it ceases to be spirituality and it becomes superstition. Wow. You know, the, the church is a supernatural entity. We're yeah. a supernatural organism, not a superstitious organization. Man, that's good. And the difference between supernatural and superstition is that the, the, a supernatural thinker looks into the spiritual realm with faith. Mm-hmm. A superstitious thinker looks into the spiritual realm with fear. He's afraid of the spiritual realm. He's afraid of what he can't see. A person who's supernatural, who's been born again, we, we, we're, not, we're in faith that God is, is the master of the universe and that he governs everything regardless of how it looks. God will make it. He can make it good. He can make it whatever. And so we look in faith. We're called supernatural people. Mm-hmm. I think the church is, is getting supernatural behavior or thinking and superstitious behavior or thinking crossed up. My goodness. Wow. Wow. You, I, I think you're obviously you're right. I'm just like, <laughs> I have to think about because I, and I think that also can go into this idea that we have in terms of being superstitious. I also think of the the coach or the player who they want a game wearing this outfit. So they've got to wear the same outfit every so they keep the same socks or the can you know, and, and sometimes I think we're guilty of that in how we, you know, whether it's how we do our services or those it worked this way last time, so we gotta do it this way. Or could that superstition result in some of the repetition that we're seeing and ultimately ineffectiveness in our churches. Exactly. As a matter of fact, and then we, we come full circle around to prayer. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're praying superstitious prayers, wow. then, then you, you're defeating the purpose. And God is not, he's not obligated. Here's the funny thing, Gerard. God is not obligated to answer superstitious prayers. What he is obligated to do is to educate us in the difference of praying superstitiously and praying a supernatural prayer where I expect God to move supernaturally, supernaturally, two different words. Right. Super super deals with something that's high and above. It, it actually comes from the Greek word uh, for hyper. It's called hooper. Okay. So hooper, super, hyper, same word. Um, so it's hypernatural. It's above, wow. the, the word means above. It's above na- the natural. And really what it is, is the power of God working in concert with the power of man. Wow. That's what supernatural deals with. So when we deal supernaturally, I understand that I pray in faith and and, and, um, God is going to answer me. But but in most cases, um, and matter of fact, it's a spiritual law that faith without works is dead. Right. That means God requires something of me naturally. I do what's uh, I do what's doable, and he do, he does what's not doable. I do what's possible, he does what's impossible, and that's the working together that brings about answers and brings about results. If we superstitious, that means we super around, we sit around thinking that if we do, if we play with our talisman or we or we sing the right abracadabra words or mm-hmm. or whatever, if if we if we shout enough, if we dance enough, if we do, that that God is going to somehow move the way we want Him to move. That's superstition. Uh, and, I, and, I, and, and someone is churchy and, and, and they go to church just for the, 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 the when the shout breaks out. Mm-hmm. That has offended them. But but I'll, I'll, I will say to that person, consider the way you worship and, and consider the disappointment you live with all the time. Right. You expected God to do a certain thing. And he didn't because you thought God would do it because you shouted. Right. And, and then I'm, I'm going to go a step further. Well, I'm taking people off. Might as well go further. <laughs> it, 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 our superstition affects our very definitions of things. Right. 
So we will pigeonhole, like for example, what is praise? Someone going to say, "Well, praise is praise is loud and it's it's dancing and it's it's, it's it, but worship is soft." No, but really, the word praise is a cousin of the word thanks. Mm. It's, it's it's all put, you know. Uh, all praise means is when I praise a person, I speak well of them. Right. And 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 and, and if they've done something for me, then that I give thanks to them. For the thing, I speak well of them because of what they have done, and and I and I give them thanks because it was a benefit to me. You see how that, that now worship is different in mm-hmm. that worship. I'm speaking to who you are. I'm talking wow. about. I worship the very essence. The word worth, worship, it's value. I mm-hmm. value who you are apart from what you've done. Wow. So you could have fast worship and yes. slow praise. Yes. <laughs> you know, because you're right, because musically we've been taught, you know, we call praise songs, fast songs and worship songs, slow songs. And but you're right. I mean, it, and so what this has done um, as we start talking about superstitious things, it has caused us to have certain reactions and responses to things immediately when we hear them without there ever being a real connection in terms of heart or principle. Right. You know, so we end up, that's why a lot of places, you know, as musicians, you know, we can play certain things and cause things to change and people automatically respond. And then, you know, when people say certain things, you know, you just know that people are going to go up. But you're right. The whole idea of turn around three times and touch yeah. five people and, you know, it, it's no knock to anybody, but there is frustration when there are no results. Right. And then the thing is, and you know, and it, it's because of the process of uh, it, that it takes for for um, the invisible things to become visible. That's that's the, that's how faith. That's what faith is for. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the whole con- the whole process of the new covenant relationship with God is. Is uh, by grace through faith. By grace through faith, and what it means is, God do- by grace means I didn't I didn't earn it, I didn't deserve it. It's something that God He promises and wants to give to me. I receive it through faith. That means I trust Him, I believe Him, and then it, it starts a manifestation process. Faith. The word um, through in the Greek is the word dia, uh, D-I-A, and it means through, like a pipeline. And so it comes through the pipeline, and and it has to slide down, for lack of a better uh, analogy, slide from heaven to earth and that, that process may take time it may meet up um obstacle or, or opposition and so i have to wait the process but man after a while man if, if you believing for things and trusting for things and they don't happen the bible says hope deferred make the heart sick and That's we're right. dealing with with a lot of sick saints we're mm-hmm. sick because we're not seeing results and because uh we've, we've moved away from supernatural um, living to superstitious living. Wow. And, and it, again, it affects our prayers. It affects yeah. our worship. It affects our everything that we do. And I was going to say, and in some cases, some may have never really known supernatural living. Right. Because all they've been introduced to has been superstitious living. Right. You know, when I first came to the Lord, uh, that, the, the superstitious thing is what I, what I experienced at first. Like, yeah. they, I mean, I was receiving the Holy Spirit and they were beating me on my back saying, call him, call right. him, tell me, tell me uh, uh, don't, don't, don't wipe my spit, let it come up. You know, I'm, I'm purging. purging I'm like, yeah. I'm like, first of all, and you know, I had a, God, God really blessed me. There's a, a young minister, I met him. And when I told him what the church was telling me, he said, he said, brother, if you could just mop the devil up, we won't have a problem. He said, wow. it's more than that. That's not a demon that's coming out of you. That's spit. Right. He said, let's get you taught. <laughs> let's, let's get you some wisdom about this thing. Uh, it's nothing like doing the wrong thing looking for right results. My goodness. 
Uh, it causes amazing frustration. Well, we're out of time for this session, but when we, we've got more. We've got more that we're going to do, I promise. So you've got to stay subscribed here to On Course with Heart Ramsey for these heart-to-heart conversations. Now, if you're getting things that you are learning that are really impacting you, hit us on social media with the hashtag HeartToHeart. That's Heart, H-A-R-T, the number two, and then the word H-E-R-T. We want to read some of those comments, and that'll certainly encourage us. And let us know what you are thinking. Keep it locked. This is On Course with Heart Ramsey.